Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 203. When it comes to planning your Royal Caribbean cruise, perhaps there's no one tool that you're going to use more often than Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner. It's the opportunity to go on their website and pre-purchase and pre-plan many aspects of your Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. But what is it, and how does it work, and what are some ways to take advantage of it? This week's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner. Here we go. I often joke that half the fun of a Royal Caribbean cruise is planning the actual cruise, right? It helps fill in that time between when you actually book the cruise to going on board. And for many cases, that's a really long time. This can be months, if not years, between booking and going on board the ship. And that leaves a lot of time to figure out what to do while on your cruise. Now, there's a lot to consider in terms of uh, shore excursions and dining and whatnot. And a lot of this comes down to Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner. And this week, I wanted to take a deep dive into Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner site to help, if you're a first-time cruiser, understand what it's all about. And if you've been there or done that a couple times, maybe pick up a couple tips about the Cruise Planner. So for those who aren't aware, the Cruise Planner is what Royal Caribbean calls its website that helps you purchase pre-cruise items. So there's a lot you can purchase before your cruise. Some has no cost. Some, in fact, much of it does cost extra money. It can all be accessed. First of all, you have to have a Royal Caribbean account at royalcaribbean.com. You then need to register for your account, and pretty easy to do. That's quick, easy, uh, fast. And whether you've taken a cruise or not, you can easily register for one. All you really need is then to associate your account with your reservation number and your last name. So I'm assuming you know your last name. Your reservation number should be on your booking confirmation. Usually you get that from your travel agent. Or if you book directly with Royal Caribbean, you should have been in some sort of an email you got from them. But basically you take this that piece of information, you add that to your account, and then Royal Caribbean knows, ah, okay, you know, John Smith is going on. This particular setting on Freedom of the Seas in September 2018, right? And they have all that information laid out. So then you can then access and make purchases and go through the cruise planner itself. So once you're through there, you're going to have a variety of options. The cruise planner allows you to reserve a lot of different things. Excursions, beverage packages, dining packages, internet packages, spa services, uh, shows, and, and a whole lot more. It's really your gateway for booking most things through Royal Caribbean. It wasn't too long ago that most of these things weren't available to purchase before your cruise. In the last, oh, I don't know, year or two, Royal Caribbean has really changed up how it offers things before the cruise. And this is for two main reasons. Number one, it's very convenient for guests. Personally, I love having so many great things to be able to purchase before the cruise, not because I just enjoy spending money, but because it helps break up the total cost of the cruise. Anything you buy on, on the cruise planner, you're charged for at that time in full, as opposed to if you're on board the ship and you and you reserve Chops Grill for later on that cruise, you won't be charged until you actually go to Chops Grill. That being said, I think that's actually a good thing to be charged in advance because that helps break up that cost. I'm not going to the end of the cruise. You know, traditionally, I remember years ago, I would go on a cruise, do all these things, eat at these places, buy these drinks, and on the end of the cruise, on the last day, you get that bill at the end, and you're like, oh, geez, I spent all that money on that stuff that I really need to go to Sabor three times? Okay, yes, I did. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things. So being able to pre-purchase it means you're able to break up that total cost. Not only that, it also assures me of knowing that, hey, I am going to be eating at Chop Grill on night two, or I'm going to be going on the ATV excursion in Cozumel when we're in there in port. Like, it's it's just peace of mind. And it also saves you time on board the ship. You don't have to go stand on the shore excursion line or go call someone 
at the dining reservation line on board the ship. This is this is your time. Time is literally money on board the ship. So the cruise planner makes it really helpful. Now, the other flip side of this, we should obviously be aware that, hey, Royal Caribbean is a business. They're a for-profit business. And likewise, the cruise planner has been a huge boon of revenue for Royal Caribbean. In fact, their last couple quarters financially have been doing amazing because of pre-cruise purchase. Onboard spending is really what it's called, but... It encompasses this as well. Now, in general, as I mentioned earlier, when you buy something on the cruise planner, you're charged for it at that time. However, the purchases you make on the cruise planner are refundable. That's right. So if you buy something, an excursion, a, a spa service, a dining package on the cruise planner today and then tomorrow or next week or sometime before the cruise, you decide to change your mind about it, that's okay. You can totally go back on on the cruise planner, cancel that purchase, and then you're the money will be refunded to you in a couple of days. So it's very easy to do this, in fact. It was it's a whole lot better than it used to be. I remember years ago, even when the first you know cruise plan had just a couple of options on there, it, was, it wasn't great. In fact, the Royal Caribbean still has a lot to be desired, but I feel like the cruise planner itself has evolved quite a bit over the last couple of years, and I feel like it's so much better to use. There's still some issues, and many times you're going to find that something's just not working, in which case I just recommend just leaving it alone and coming back later that day or next day to try it again. Um, now, the, you can use the cruise planner all the way up to about uh, something in the ballpark of like four days before your cruise, three or four days before your cruise. You can go and make purchases and cancel, no issues. Once on board the ship, however, if you decide to cancel something you, you booked online on the cruise planner, you can still do that. However, it will come back to you as onboard credit, not as a not as a refund to your credit card, if that makes any sense. So, Keep all that in mind when you're when you're booking it. And a common question is, what if I book something today and tomorrow or next week or some other time the, on the cruise planner, the price changes. It goes down. Can you still cancel and rebook? Yes. It's actually very easy. All you have to do at the very top of the cruise planner, there's always a link called Order History. You click on that, and it'll show you everything you've ever purchased for that particular sailing, and then you cancel it and then go back in and buy it again. So pretty simple stuff. Now, let's talk about what's available to buy on the cruise planner. First of all, you've got shore excursions. These are shore excursions that are offered through Royal Caribbean. So when you go to the shore excursion section, you'll see a breakdown per port, also by interest. You can you know just find uh, family connections or culinary excursions or or active adventures and you know whatever makes more sense to you logically to organize these things. I think personally, browsing by port makes the most amount of sense. And then once you're looking at each particular port, you know Nassau or Cozumel or what have you, you can then filter and say, okay, well I only want to see. You know, shore excursions that are more than this amount of time or are going to be less than this price or are going to, you know, be really active kind of things, adventure seeking kind of things. You can kind of filter it that way or just browse around and you kind of go through what's available. In general, this is a pretty good listing of everything you're going to find on the um, on your particular cruise. On board the ship, you may find some different options. You also, I feel like sometimes if something's sold out on the cruise planner, I have found some availability or be- uh, better availability once on board the ship. But in general, if you find something on online on the cruise planner that you want, and this is true basically of everything, not just shore excursions, but if you see something you want, book it then. Take advantage of it. Make a reservation. You don't want to be in a situation where you say, ooh, I'd like to do that. And like, all right, I'll go book it later. And then you know what happens, right? Later becomes next day. It becomes next week. You forget about it. You go back in two months later, and it's like, oh, let me go find that. That you know that little excursion I wanted to do, and oh look, it's sold out now, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to have that kind of disappointment. So take advantage of it, book it when you can, as soon as you can, especially if you know it's something that you want to do. Now the the different excursions are going to vary. Uh, these are all through Royal Caribbean, obviously, and you always have that option of not booking anything and doing something on your own. Once on once on uh, on on the actual port, 
day. But, you know, it's it's nice to be able to look around. A lot of these cases you're going to find when you click on one of these excursions, you're going to find a description of the excursion, a price breakdown, photos. Some of the newer ones actually have videos in them. They're just little teaser videos, like a minute long. You know, obviously produced by Royal Caribbean. But at least it gives you an idea of what to expect. And I kind of like that, quite honestly. And one strategy I have found, by the way, if you're looking to figure out what is this really like or, you know, kind of get a better sense of what the excursion has – a lot of times, Google the excursion name in YouTube. A lot of people have taken videos of these things over the years, and they can give you a pretty good idea. Likewise, you can also get reviews of this on popular message boards. Certainly, we have a message board community at royalcaribbeanblog.com that I would be remiss if I did not mention. However, uh, also Cruise Critic has a message board uh, that has a special section for short excursions as well. And again, you can post, you know, has anyone ever done the Atlantis tour, you know, excursion through Royal Caribbean? What'd you think of it, and so forth? You may find some advice there. I think in general, though, it's it's a it's a matter of understanding what you want to do, and also looking at the different venues that are available to you, both through Royal Caribbean and elsewhere. And we won't get into the whole third party versus Royal Caribbean booking. That's a whole different discussion for a different day. But it's pretty easy to book these things. And as I mentioned earlier, you have uh, all throughout the time your before your cruise to cancel and change these as you see fit. Now, the other thing that's very popular to book on board the cruise planner are the Dining and beverage packages. The beverage packages especially. This is the unlimited alcohol package, the soda package, the non-alcoholic package, the coffee card. These are things of, I mean, I think if anybody buys anything on board or online, rather, the cruise planner, it seems like most people are buying the, the beverage packages. Now, the beverage packages are available most times. I should, we should probably take a step back because this reminds me of something, and this is going to be true not only of shore excursions, but dining packages, drink packages. Here's a common scenario, and you may have run into this already. You may say, Matt, I went to the cruise planner. I registered my cruise. You know, I went in there. Nothing's available. I don't see any drink packages. I don't see any shore excursions. I don't see any you know, spa appointments. How, what's going on here? Did I do something wrong? No, you didn't do anything wrong. It just means you're too far away from your cruise. In general, there is no set rule as to when things start appearing in your cruise planner. There's just it varies. In some cases, I've seen it as close as 90 days before your cruise. In other cases, I've seen it years before the cruise options appear. The bottom line is you just got to keep on checking back. So if you're going to your cruise planner for your 2018 or 2019 cruise and you don't see anything listed for the drink packages or for the internet packages or for a particular shore excursion, that doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just means you have to keep on checking back. Check back, you know, next week, next month. Periodically make a Mental note, oh yeah, i got to keep checking back to see when it's available, because Royal Caribbean will eventually open it up. I wish I'd give you a better answer as to when to expect it, but there isn't one. In many cases, it may be that at first you get some basics, like the spa and the internet package become available, and then later on the dining becomes available, and then the shore excursions. I mean, it really varies all the time. There is no set rule. So if you don't see things listed there, keep checking back. Likewise, you may find... You know, Matt, I was looking at something, and I, I didn't see an, a particular internet or a dining package I wanted. What gives? Again, you either need to keep checking back or possibly wait to get on board the ship. But there's just no there's no rationale or logic I can tell you, hey, after this amount of time, check back, and you'll find it. It's just, unfortunately, it's one of those weird things that Real Caribbean's Cruise Planner is all about. So getting back to the, uh, the beverage packages, I do recommend booking the beverage packages before your cruise for a variety of reasons. If you're going to buy them, I should say. Don't buy them just for the sake of buying them. If you were planning on buying the drink package, I do advise buying it before the cruise. Number one, first and foremost, it will be more expensive on board the ship. There's usually a discount, usually a discount associated with pre-booking your drink packages online. Uh, Somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 20% off onboard prices for a beverage package is not uncommon. In fact, sometimes... 
there are cruise planner sales. Usually these happen on for over weekends, and we post the details about this at RoyalCoreanBlog.com if and when they happen. And we've seen up to even 30% off certain beverage packages offered there. So bottom line, if you're going to buy it anyway, do it on online. It will, it will save you money. It will also save you time because then you don't have to wait in line. Even if it's a short line, whether it takes you five minutes or, or an hour, it's five minutes or an hour that you don't have to spend on board the ship filling out the thing and swiping your Z-Pass card and all that stuff. It'll already be ready for you. When you pre-purchase a beverage package through the cruise planner, when you check in to your cruise and you get your C-Pass card, it'll be preloaded, ready to go. There's nothing extra for you to do. In terms of the dining packages, which, which we recently did a, a podcast about, in fact, it's very, very similar things. you got a lot of different options. You can, uh, via the cruise planner, you can book special, specific specialty restaurants or you can book a dining package. Now, booking a specialty restaurant is pretty straightforward. You pick the restaurant, you then get a drop down of the day and the time to pick and whatever's available, you can do. I would point out that, again, the, the availability of reservations online does not necessarily reflect the total sum of reservations available once on board the ship. So if you really have your heart set on, like, I want to eat at Top's Grill on night two at 6 o'clock and 5.30 is too early and 6.15 is too late, you could uh, wait to get on board the ship and go immediately on embarkation day and inquire about that. It may work out. I, I think that I feel like there's usually more availability than the website leads on to. That being said, I think it's one of the best ways to lock in a certain uh, dining venue, especially on popular nights like uh, formal nights, holidays, or just your particular anniversary. You know, I know it's not no, not everyone on board is celebrating your anniversary, but you know, just ensuring that you're going to get into your favorite restaurant on the night that you want. Now, in terms of the dining packages, and they're you know they're obviously something we talked about in a, in a recent episode. I'll post a link in our show notes to our uh, dining packages podcast episode that we just recently did uh, at royalcrimblog.com. So you can check that out and listen to that if you haven't already. The dining packages are available for purchase here. It's kind of interesting because they used to only be available, the dining packages, online via the cruise planner. I feel like in the last year or so, they've started to roll out the dining packages now on board the ship. But again, if I were you, I would book the dining package online rather than waiting to book it on board the ship. For the restaurants, it's more of a toss-up, really. It depends on how you how you kind of roll and what your style is. Like I said, if there was something that's really important to you, you want to eat at this restaurant on this night, book it online. Split up the cost of the cruise, right? Help break that all up. Uh, but uh, you can also wait to book it on board. Certainly, there will be availability on board if you just want to do some kind of a walk-up. In terms of pricing... It's pretty standard. There are some restaurants, though, that are cheaper online than they are on board. A great example is Sabor. For some reason, Royal Caribbean has been offering on select sailings Sabor at something like $15 a person, whereas on board the ship, it can cost somewhere in the ballpark of $20, $25 or so. It depends on the ship and the sailing and all that other stuff, but it can save you money. Likewise, there's also a – there have been similar discounts for some other restaurants as well. So – you know, you kind of have to. There is a little bit of knowledge required. My recommendation is uh, go to our realcomingblog.com uh, cruise compass section because we we keep an archive of past cruise compasses and see if you can find out the pricing of those of of the restaurant you're looking at and see if there's any value in pre booking in advance. I think in general. It's nice to be able to book the reservation in advance via the cruise planner. That way, you have your time and day locked in, and also. What's important to me also is that you get that idea of breaking up the total cost of that cruise, right? So three months before your cruise, you book Chop's Grill. That's one less thing you have to worry about at the end of the – you don't get that monster bill. I would rather have it all spread out personally, but that's just how I roll. And some people don't care for that and don't mind just going on board the ship and seeing, you know, how it goes and what they feel like. Because it's hard to say, you know, are you going to be hungry at 6 o'clock on day three of your cruise? I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, right? It's kind of a tough call sometimes. 
The internet packages, almost the same exact thing I just said about the dining and beverage packages. The the Voom internet packages will be cheaper on your cruise planner than they will be on board the ship. So if you're going to buy an internet package, take advantage of the sale. There's almost always a discount available for the internet packages. And again, in my experience, they are cheaper to buy them via the cruise planner. So if you're going to buy it anyway, you may as well take advantage of it. Like the like the uh, alcohol packages and the drink packages in general, if you buy a internet package on board online, when you get on board the ship, you will get a code. Uh, it depends if you get your CPAS card at the pier. There'll be a code attached to your CPAS card. Worst case, the code will be in your stateroom waiting for you. So you won't have any problems there in terms of being able to uh, get the necessary information to log on. But it's very easy. And it's one less thing to worry about. One less thing to do once on board. You can also do other things on the on the cruise planner. You can, bu- you can buy now arcade credit for the uh, video games. You can reserve a spa or fitness session. And also of interest, you can also reserve on, on Quantum and Oasis-class ships, you can actually book entertainment, certain shows. Now, do you have to book it? No. Do I recommend you book it? Yes. It just makes your life easier. And when I say these shows, I'm talking about like the Broadway shows, the productions on Oasis and Quantum-class ships only. So we're talking about Mamma Mia, Cats, uh, Columbus the Musical, Greece, and others. And again, if you're not on those ships, if you're not on Oasis or Quantum Class ship, you won't have the option to pre-book your entertainment, but that's fine. Everyone's going to be in the same situation as you. It's not necessary. If you are on an Oasis Class ship or a Quantum Class ship, like I said, it's just, it, just, it makes your life easier if you can pre-book it, so I would recommend doing so. If you're on a Quantum Class ship and you want to go on the North Star or iFly by Ripcord, which are the skydiving simulator and the, and the uh, observational pod, Definitely do yourself a favor and pre-reserve those. In all the cases, whether you're talking about the uh, entertainment or some of the um, like the shows or the North Star, these are things that not only can you book online, but you should because there are many cases they will sell out. The North Star and Ripcord are two especially. These are on obviously Quantum class ships that I absolutely recommend. In fact, it's almost imperative that you pre-book it because once you get on board the ship, man, whatever the spots available usually go by very, very quickly. So do yourself a favor and get that. For North American cruises, there's no fee associated with that. I believe cruises out of China, they started charging for it. That's a whole different story. But anyway, for North America, on, on Anthem of the Seas, you won't have any issues with that at all. It'll be all complimentary. Likewise, for the shows, whether it's a Broadway show or a Columbus musical or any of the productions that you find on Oasis or Quantum Class ships, no charge to book in advance, so why not? Just makes your life easier, uh, because otherwise you're going to have to just show up to the show a little bit earlier in order to get a to to get a seat. And like I said, make your life easier. That's what we're all about here, right? Having a better cruise. So definitely take advantage of that. Also, on all ships, you can also book certain activities on board. Things like ship tours, flow rider surf lessons, cupcake decorating classes, escape rooms, uh, galley brunches wine tastings, and a whole lot more. This will be through the Entertainment Activities tab on your cruise planner. These do cost money, but it helps you, again, achieve two different things, which is, one, lock in. You know exactly when you're going to do what on what day and split the total cost of the cruise. These are very cool things to do. A very popular option is the all-access ship tour. A lot of people ask me, Matt, is it really worth it to do the all-access ship tour? I do believe it is. If you've never done a tour, a behind-the-scenes tour, it's a, then it's really cool. It's a tour that brings you to places like the bridge, the galley, the engine room. It's really interesting. And if I me just saying that to you really piques your interest, yes, you should definitely do it. It's a little bit of a cost to it, but it's gotten a lot cheaper than it has been in years past. And I think that for a lot of people, it is going to be a very interesting kind of tour, something that you may uh, you may have hard to beat uh, anywhere else. And in fact, in any of the cases, it's almost impossible to see these venues. So it's a pretty cool option to, to check out. In general, though, 
I really like what the cruise planner has become. It's not perfect. There are times where some days I go into login to buy something and it's just not working. And you can tell very quick, fairly quickly that hmm, something's not right here. So come back and try again. But it's. I think you're going to find that the cruise planner is going to be a website you visit. I don't say fairly often, but a number of times before your cruise. Certainly, uh, the first couple of visits are more just seeing what's out there, and then you actually go in there and, and you know see what's available, and maybe even start booking things. For a, uh, for a lot of times, you know, there'll be many evenings after the kids have gone to bed. My wife and I will be sitting on the couch watching TV, and I'll say, "Hey, let's look at the cruise planner and see what's available." This, this is the exciting life that we lead, by the way, folks. When <laughs> The, the few hours that we have alone, we look at the cruise planner to find things to book on board, like Royal Caribbean Cruise, to each their own. That's all I'm going to say. But the cruise planner can be a very useful tool, and it makes it it's made planning your cruise beforehand a whole lot better than it was just even a couple of years ago. So definitely check it out and see what's available. You don't have to book anything. There's no pressure. I mean, you can totally go on your cruise and not book one thing on, on the cruise planner before your cruise, but it's a good thing to just investigate, research ahead of time. So at least you're aware of these options because I said some things are very much in high demand while other things are just nice to be able to be aware of or reserve and take advantage of. I think the, the chief benefit of the cruise planner is not only being able to be aware of what's available on board, but also breaking up the total cost of the cruise. And, and the knowledge that you can pretty much cancel at any time makes me feel good about these purchases that I'm making that I'm not committing myself too early with any of these. So check it on out on the Cruise Planner. Welcome to our email segment where we answer your Royal Caribbean questions about anything you got on your mind, whether it's a question, an idea, something you read about royalcaribbeanblog.com. This is your opportunity. And if you want to send us your questions, you can do so by emailing Matt, M-A-C-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email to us from this week comes from Keith Peters from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Matt, started listening to you back on WW Today, now with Royal Caribbean Blog. Missing you say next, but I know you need to move on. Now the question. My family, 12 of us, are taking a Royal Caribbean cruise on Jewel of the Seas Thanksgiving week this fall on Jewel of the Seas. I'm a little concerned about the ship size, but like the itinerary. When the ship was refurbished last year, did they roll out wow bands on the ship? Is there any chance the Royal Caribbean app will be improved before November? It's our seventh cruise and always felt the ability to find out what is going on right now a bit lacking. Thanks for doing this podcast, blog, etc. Keith, great questions, and thanks for finding us over here on Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. So... Julius is a great ship, by the way. I don't know that you feel you find that it's too small. I think you had mentioned. I'm not sure if this is your first Royal Caribbean cruise or not. If you if you've taken other Royal Caribbean cruises, namely on larger ships like Oasis of the Seas or, or Anthem of the Seas, one of those kind of ships, there's something you just have to understand in that. A ship like Jewel of the Seas, which is a Radiance class ship, does not have like flow riders and 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 skydiving simulators and Broadway shows. Now, it's still a great ship. Don't get me wrong. You'll have a great time on it, but it's important to understand what the ship has and what it doesn't have. And the I, I share this story many times, but I feel like it's really relevant here, Keith, is I was on Brilliance of the Seas, which is a, also a Radiance-class ship, and I was at the pool one day, and this guy who I didn't know was just sitting next to me. We started striking a conversation, and he goes, you know, I'm really not, I really don't like the ship at all. And I said, really? That's kind of interesting. Why don't, what, what don't you like about it? And he said, you know, we were on Oasis of the Seas like last month, and man, that's got a lot of stuff, and this ship doesn't have anything. Now, of course, Oasis of the Seas is a massive ship, so clearly he just doesn't understand, like, it's a different kind of experience. It's kind of like saying, this four-door sedan can't haul nearly as much stuff as, as the my 18-wheel big rig. Like, yeah, of course, they're totally different animals altogether, you know what I mean? So, it, that, 
I hope this makes sense as to what you're getting yourself into. If you've never been on a Royal Caribbean cruise before, Keith, I'm not sure you'll find any issue with it at all. I, it's a great ship. I've been on Jewel this season. I went on her 2013 going out of the out of San Juan to the Southern Caribbean, which I'm pretty sure is what the itinerary you're doing as well. And it's a great ship, great itinerary. I would have no problems with it at all. In fact, I wouldn't hesitate one bit when uh, when booking it. So I think it'd be good. Now, there was the ship was refurbished, but there did they did not add wow bands to the ship. And you also asked about the chance of an app coming there. So here's the thing, Keithy. It's an interesting time for you to ask. This uh, earlier this year, Royal Caribbean announced that they are working on a brand new app that'll be due out quote unquote this summer. Now we know very little about this app, Keith. It's something called the Royal Caribbean is referring to as Project Excalibur, as in like. King Arthur and the Round and the Knights of the Round Table, Excalibur. Anyway, don't know why they're calling it that, but that's the name of the app. We know nothing about which ships it'll be on, uh, what features it'll have, other than the fact it will be out, quote unquote, this summer. When summer is, Keith, your guess is as good as mine. It could be, it could be this week, it could be July, it could be August, it could be October. Who knows? But um, obviously, once we know more details about it and what ships it'll be on, I'll post about it at Royal Caribbean Blog. But Keith, I, I promise you, your Jewel's a great ship, and there are many people here who will tell you up and down it's a great ship. Just understand that it doesn't have flow riders and Broadway musicals and, and a real promenade. That that doesn't bother you. I think you'll have a great time on board. Good question, and once again, thanks for finding me over here. Um, our next email next <laughs> is our next email is from. Oh, man. Uh, Ilona from Finland. I hope I pronounced that right. I apologize in advance. And this person writes, I have a cruise coming up on Allure this season, September, and one of the stops will be on Labadee. I'm excited to try out the new floating bar, which was not there on my last visit. Would you happen to know if I can buy drinks with my alcohol package if I end up getting one? I assume yes, as other bars on the island are included. Great question. And yes, absolutely. If you have an unlimited alcohol package, or basically any beverage package for that matter, it will work at any bar on Labadee or Coco Cay, including floating bars. So you're totally covered there. No problems at all. Cheers. Enjoy. Next, we have an email from uh, John Whitaker, who writes, Just listen to your podcast. After your podcast, you asked for feedback and our experiences. I totally agree with everything you said as far as what you get for the money spent. Uh, this is, by the way, in reference to episode 195, Staying in a Suite. My wife and I are both Diamond members and feel that Diamond and Concierge overlap. If we were not already a Diamond, it would be worth a suite to use the Concierge. I'll relate a story for you. In 2016, my wife and I, we're both 55 with an empty house, two grown kids, went on Harmony of the Seas to Western Mediterranean on what would equate to her fourth or fifth cruise, full cruise that is, out of Barcelona. Because of the cost of the airfare, plus we are spending two days and two days after the cruise in Barcelona, I went the cheaper route and got the junior suite only, which is great, don't get me wrong. We all had the perks of being a dime member, which we used. We got Coastal Kitchen for dinner, etc., etc., etc. After my brain processed all the charges and I accepted them, I tried to go back and upgrade to a grand suite, but they were already sold out. So we accepted the junior suite and went on with our life. When we got on the ship into our room, it was great. No complaints. Beautiful room. Harmony was absolutely stunning. So we went, with our, we went on with our cruise, which was very busy. We had a, a new port every day and an excursion every port. I mean, who would pass up the Vatican? So the Saturday of the cruise was our one and only sea day. My wife and I were really looking forward to the sea day so we could sleep in, take a leisurely breakfast. We like really we really like uh, Park Cafe. It was on the same floor. I'd never been really busy. Lay by the pool, read a book, and people watch until we felt we needed to start packing for disembarkation. But... What happened was I woke up at about 6.30 to go to the restroom. I'm an old guy. <laughs> and water was swishing through my toes. I'm not going to slam Royal Caribbean, so please read on. This <laughs> this really does tie into your podcast. <laughs> 
So I woke up my wife. We picked up anything laying on the floor, mostly the closet, and contemplated calling the ship. Uh, we were uh, completely and totally exhausted. We both said we would lay uh, our head down for 15 minutes and then move on and call the cabin steward. Well, at 8.30, we were woken by someone banging on the door. We had slept for two more hours by this point. By this time, the water was about an inch to an inch and a half deep in the room, so we answered the door, let them in, and quickly threw some clothes on and left the room so they could do whatever they needed to do. Needless to say, we didn't get our lazy day like we anticipated. We did get to lay around the pool a lot because we couldn't go back to our room. Our Royal Caribbean did everything they could to get the room dried out, but we were at sea. Stuff doesn't really dry that quickly. So around 2 p.m., we went back to our room because we felt like we had to start packing things for disembarkation the next day. There were no there were no more workers in the room. They had sucked and vacuumed as much as possible, and they had these cyclone fans blowing to try to get it as dry as possible. We spent about an hour to an hour and a half packing, and the longer I stayed in the room, the worse my allergy sinus became. I was really starting to get feeling nauseous, so I called the cabin steward and asked him to check and see there was another room available that we could go to just for that night. I couldn't sleep. The cabin steward called an officer and came down and said there were no other rooms available. It was a sold-out cruise. We didn't really know what we were going to do, but we decided to go down and talk with the diamond concierge. Well, she knew that some rooms had been flooded. It evidently happened to some other rooms before. And I explained to her I could not sleep in another room. By the time I sounded like I had a full-blown chest cold, she told us to go to dinner and she would work out something, hopefully. When we got back to the room for dinner, she had a message on the phone from the Diamond Concierge. They had found us another room. This is what relates to the podcast. It was a grand suite. I told her my story about trying to upgrade, and she thought that it had to do with people being uh, able to embark and disembark from two different ports, like Rome and Barcelona. So someone had disembarked in Rome, and the room was empty. So yes, the grand suite was amazing. The amount of room and amenities. And the next morning, since we were now a sweet guest, we got to eat in the coastal kitchen for breakfast. Thanks for everything you do for the Royal Caribbean Cruising Community. John, great email. I know it was a little lengthy, but it's a great story and a great example of what Royal Caribbean really goes to to make sure that you have a great cruise if something goes wrong. And those suites are pretty nice when you get into them. I'm sorry you had to go through that little ordeal, but it sounds like you totally, you know, understood what was going on. And hey, it worked out to your advantage in the end, being able to enjoy that grand suite for the tail end of the cruise and uh, taking advantage of that. So making lemons, lemonade out of lemons, right? Something like that, anyway. <laughs> Thank you, John, for the email. Really do appreciate it. Next, we have an email from James. Right, I wanted to reach out and ask your advice. We have six adults going on Harmony of the Seas in late August. We have all booked the five-night dining package in the cruise planner. Our plan is to go to Sabor, 150 Central Park, Wonderland, Jamie's Italian, and Chop's Grill. I also have six free specialty dining certificates given to me by my Royal Caribbean BDM. I'm a travel agent. We're going to use certificates at Chop's for a second time. This leaves one more night of dining. Currently, we have reservations at Slayer and Bistro. What we want to see is if we can get to Coastal Kitchen. On my honeymoon, we ate there twice on a 12-night cruise on the Quantum. It was pretty dead both nights. In your experience, you think they'll be able to accommodate us. My wife and I are Diamond, which nowadays isn't really all that high of a status. <laughs> when we were young, though, and, and uh, have a lot of cruising ahead of us in the future with Royal Caribbean. The only thing I can see is that we're a party of six and not two. So I feel like this maybe make things a little more difficult on us. Do you have any advice on how to approach the situation? We're thinking of going first thing when we got on board the ship to the Diamond Lounge and having the concierge book all the dining for the week for us and then ask if we can get into Coastal Kitchen. We'll definitely be giving her a nice tip for her help. Our main goal is to get the dining laid out for the week. We will know exactly what we want based on the show times and schedule. My wife loves planning the kind of stuff out. If you feel there's a different approach, I would love your feedback. Thanks for all the time and effort you put into the blog. James, man, uh, thanks for the email. And this is an interesting question. So getting into Solarium, uh, Coastal Kitchen, rather. Solarium Bistro, by the way, is a great restaurant. You did not choose poorly there. Coastal Kitchen. So Coastal Kitchen is a sweets-only restaurant. James is not in a suite, but wants to experience it once. 
When I was on Quantum of the Seas, I was not a suite. I was staying in a virtual balcony room. I walked by one evening, happened to look over, said, oh, this is Cold Steel Kitchen. And I said, hey, is there any chance? I'm not a guest, sweet guest. Can I eat here tonight? I'm, you know, just by myself, not a large party. The the person at the desk looked down at their list and said, yes, absolutely. Come on in. Uh, so that worked out. Is that always the case? No. I think your approach is pretty much what I would recommend doing. I would recommend going with your group early or late, preferably early, uh, for dinner. Get there before the rush. Don't show up at 6.30. That's just a bad idea. I think you're going to the Diamond Lounge and or in the concierge is equally a good idea to see if they can help you out there. But um, if all else fails, try walking by, smile on your face, and saying, hey, is it? We've always wanted to try Coastal Kitchen. You know, is, and I know we're not staying in a suite. Is there a chance you could work us in there? When Royal Caribbean first announced... The Coastal Kitchen idea, I think they had mentioned, in fact, uh, I'd have to dig through the blog, but I'm pretty sure they had said something along the lines of, it's for sweet guests, but it could be open up to other guests as well. It's not like there's a, that's the hard and fast rule, but obviously it's available, subject to availability, right? So I think that's to be your issue there, but yeah, my, if I were you, I would just simply, like I said, show up early to avoid the rush before they get really busy and, you know, inquire, just kind of ask, hey, is it possible? I never always wanted to try it and... You never know, right? And if not, James, well, you had six other awesome nights of, of dining on board. And I think no matter where you end up eating on that last night, I am sure it will end up being a great meal nonetheless. So it's an interesting question. I know some people always want to try that out and see what works. And again, it, in general, when you're talking about a cruise, a Royal Caribbean cruise, it never hurts to ask nicely, have a smile on your face, and be okay if the answer is no. It's, it's, it's an approach that's worked for me many, many times. So... Good question. And I think our last email this week will be coming to us from Elizabeth, who writes, we took our first cruise in January in Disney Cruise Line. I figured it'd be a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Much to my surprise and delight, my guys, my husband and my son, loved it so much they said they were willing to do staycations for the next few years in order to do another cruise. So to stay connected to DCL News, I'm now a regular follower of the Disney Cruise Line blog and have listened to all their podcasts. I was going through podcast withdrawal and came across your Disney Royal Comparison podcast. Well... Then I just had to learn more about Royal Caribbean. I went back to number one and have now made it to number 51. I'm enjoying every episode as I listen to while I do my housework. I actually look forward to my chores time. That's that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good compliment right there, Elizabeth. All right, back to her email. I must confess, however, I booked the Disney Cruise yesterday to the Bahamas out of New York for fall 2018 in spite of the opening day pricing sticker shock. I just love Disney that much, and a very Merry Christmas cruise was just too tempting. We really want to go to Castaway Key and even do Walt Disney World if it was only for the day just to see it decorated for Christmas. But I will keep listening. I think I'm close to being convinced to go with the Royal Caribbean Cruise for our third cruise. We'll keep you posted. One question I have is whether Royal Caribbean has themed sailing like Disney, such as Very Merry Christmas, Marvel Days, and Star Wars Days at Sea. Perhaps you address this po- in podcast and other episodes I yet to listen to. Just let me know which number, and I will look it up. Elizabeth, you are in, first of all, great, great email. Thank you for emailing me. You are in great company. There are so many folks, including myself. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this or you've gotten to this point of, the, of me telling the story eight times. But prior to ever cruising on Royal Caribbean, I cruised on Disney a number of times. I love Disney cruise lines. It was a lot of fun. But inevitably, it started becoming very expensive. It went from expensive to very expensive to prohibitively expensive. And the more I cruised on Royal Caribbean, I came to a, a realization, an epiphany, which is that Royal Caribbean and Disney Cruise Line are very similar. They're both family cruise lines. I think that episode you listened to, uh, I think that was the one with uh, me and, and Len Testa, we were talking, comparing, contrasting. The bottom line is Disney Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean are both family cruise lines that have mass market appeal 
and the experience on board is very similar. There are things World Caribbean does better. There are things that Disney does better. But overall, in general, I feel like they're very close in experience. The difference is Disney costs so much more in, 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 in the cruise fare that it just gets you thinking, is it really worth spending thousands, plural, of dollars more for a Disney cruise? And I got to tell you, I don't think, the, I think the answer is no. I'm, I've been to Disney World many, many times in my life. I know the difference between Walt Disney World and other theme parks. It's night and day. Not the case with cruises. So, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased here, Elizabeth, but I'm telling you that you're among good friends. You're among other people who have come to the same conclusion, which is I love cruising. I love going on a, a Disney cruise, but man, is it expensive, but I don't want to, I don't want to stop cruising. or I don't want to limit myself to one cruise every 10 years to be able to afford it. Enter Royal Caribbean. I think you're gonna have a great time on board. There's amazing ships with a lot of stuff for the family to do. You're not going to miss a step there. And again, there I'm sure there are plenty of people here who can chime in and tell you about that. They also came from Disney, tried Royal Caribbean, never looked back. Now, in terms of your question, are there themed sailings? Not per se. Royal Caribbean does have an agreement with DreamWorks Animation. So on certain ships, they have the DreamWorks experience, which means that there are DreamWorks characters on board, and there are DreamWorks events on board, there's shows, things like that, essentially, that you can do on board the ships. These tend to be some of the newer ships in the fleet, and certainly, Elizabeth, if you search for Royal Caribbean and DreamWorks experience, I'm sure you're going to find exactly which ships encompass them. In fact, as a new or new to Royal Caribbean cruiser, those are the kind of ships I would recommend anyway, regardless of the DreamWorks experience. The latest and greatest is usually a good place to start, right, in terms of any, of any cruise line. Um, but I think that what you're going to find, though, while they may not have the kind of deeply themed sailings uh, like the Star Wars Days at Sea or the Marvel Days. Um, it, it makes up for it another way. Certainly, in the, in the price you're going to save on those, by the way, and they still show Star Wars on you know Marvel films and, and on board the ship, which is kind of funny. Uh, but you know, it's it's it, it's not the end all be all is what I'm trying to say. And I think that despite that, you will still find it to be a very very fun and much more affordable cruise vacation. So, uh, Elizabeth, I hope you check it out, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear you're enjoying the podcast and you're listening. I'm glad that your chores are a little bit easier to do. That's kind of a that's a great little uh, tidbit there that you're, makes you look forward to doing those chores around the house. Um, but thanks for listening. And, of course, Elizabeth, my door is always open. My virtual door is always open for you to send me an email about any questions you have. We'd love to hear about your first Royal Caribbean cruise and, and can't wait to hear about how much you're going to love it and booking more cruises until you come over to the dark side, Elizabeth. We got cookies and a, a great buffet. <laughs> and it's a whole lot cheaper, too. <laughs> All right, my friends. I, on that note, I think I'll wrap up this podcast episode. Thank you to everybody for the wonderful emails. And, of course, if you want to send me your email about something you have in mind about Royal Caribbean, this is your opportunity. You can do so by emailing me at matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.